Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. We're continuing our dive into heist. We're still going through our heist phase. This is part two of an infamous prison break, uh, and we cannot wait to get to the rest of the story with you. Uh, that's Max Williams, our one and only super producer. Uh, I'm Ben Noel. Man, this one, I'm into it. It's so cinematic. Oh, boy, is it ever. Um, and we're actually getting into some of the most cinematic parts of the story in today's episode. So uh, we, don't have, we don't need to preamble this anymore. Let's get right to it. They start to gather funds together, like, like cash money, to uh, put together the resources they need to pull off this rescue. Yes. Yeah, they do. And they get thousands of dollars together pretty quickly. Uh, and then they also, they start to make their plan. So what they're going to do is they're going to charter a boat. They're going to sail down to Australia and then they're going to arm themselves. And about a dozen of them are going to go spring the Finians from the joint. That was the original plan. You know what I mean? Come in there with shock and awe, the roar of thunder and firearms. But as they thought about it more and more, DeVoy says, maybe, maybe it's smarter if we use a little stealth. So maybe we make this less of an assault and more of a, wait for it, heist. Yeah, much more of an Ocean's Eleven than a Suicide Squad situation. There it is. That's a good comparison. So, so what do you need in a heist? You need your specialist. Picture the montage moment. Uh, DeVoy is walking around. Clooney, Brad Pitt style, and he's he's picking up his people. Uh, he finds a guy named George Smith Anthony, 
not a Catholic, a Protestant sea captain who has been in the whaling game. And he convinces this guy, he's like, look, past the politics, past the, you know, details here, George, this rescue mission is a mission of universal freedom and liberty. And much like our boy O'Reilly, you know, found uh, help from a uh, a kindly whaling captain, um, the same thing was true here. This is not the same whaling captain. Uh, this is just an area that would have seen a lot of traffic from whaling vessels due to, you know, the high density of whales in this part of the ocean. Um, <laughs> but I guess whaling captains are by nature sort of like down for criminality i don't down know or down down yeah exactly down to <laughs> down to down to uh, help out some convicts and, and help, uh, i don't know maybe it's just a the, the whaler's code i don't know now i'm just thinking in my head whaling captains the original juggalos exactly <laughs> i love but it love it that's maybe not accurate but it's a fun picture anyhow you're right you're absolutely right Noel. uh so this captain's on board george is on board and he gets the instructions uh from the gang they say look you're going to go out to sea on this whaler, the Catalpa, C-A-T-A-L-P-A, and you're going you're gonna to act as though you are on just a routine whaling voyage. Nothing abnormal about this. Uh, you're not going to tell your crew what's really going on. You are not to tell them this is a rescue mission because Devoy thinks back on the rebellion, you know, and he says, okay, you got to watch out for snitches basically. So he doesn't want anybody in the crew spilling the beans or dropping the ambergris on these folks. Uh, so he says, you're going to keep it secret, keep it safe. And you're going to need to return with a full load of whale oil to recoup all these expenses. The mission is already getting crazy expensive, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I believe um, we are nearing the $20,000 mark. Shall we boop that? New listeners, the boop implies um, we're running it through the handy-dandy inflation calculator. $20,000 in eighteen late 1800s time, uh, by today's standards, would have been... $344,000. Holy cow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And this is, that's just a rough estimate. It's actually a little over that. But the interesting thing about this is when you get a sense of it, when you get a sense of how much that is in today's money, uh, you can see why one guy had even mortgaged his house to get these dudes out of that Australian prison. This enormous expense, chartering a whaling vessel, enacting this conspiracy, it still had some pieces missing because Devoy had to ask himself, well, what are we going to do when we actually get on the ground in Australia? How we, We've got to get some help there. That's right. So they employed the help of uh, Mr. John James Breslin, who was a bearded fellow and Finian agent. His whole job in this prison break was to get to Fremantle ahead of the whaling ship, the Catalpa, and pretend to be an American millionaire named James Collins. He had to keep the James in there for whatever reason. You know, yeah. sometimes now in like improv shows, like people will use their same first name for their characters, it just makes it easier. <laughs> um, I don't yeah. know, maybe that was maybe that was the logic behind it. But uh -huh. James Collins is the pseudonym that he's using, and he was meant to see what he could see, do a little bit of uh, recon, right? Yeah, yeah. So in, in our heist crew, right, this, in our heist crew, our whaler, George, is kind of our getaway driver. 
He's our transporter, you know, Jason Statham style. And Breslin here, or excuse me, James Collins, millionaire, he is what we call the face, right? He, like, he's the one who would be kind of uh, somewhere between an inside man and a con artist. Breslin's scheme, his ruse is successful, and he sees Fremantle Prison, uh, and it's not looking easy. Because if he, if he looks over to the eastern view, there's nothing but desert stretching out to the horizon. And if he looks to the west, there's water. There are a lot of sharks. And then he noticed that there might be an advantage in this inhospitable terrain because the security at the, at the prison wasn't super tight. They weren't super on the ball because, frankly, their thought was probably something like, where are these guys going to run? You know, death by dehydration, death by shark, then prison might be the safest place. What about death by whale? Those guys, suckers will swallow you whole. Could be like a Pinocchio type situation. <laughs> yeah. uh, whales are big, right? There's, there's that, if they could make it past the sharks, right? So this guy does this thing where he's like, James Collins, American millionaire. I'm interested in making some investments. I'm looking for investment opportunities. I would love to visit your prison. And then his shtick here is that he, as James Collins, is trying to save a couple bucks by hiring out cheap prison labor, by renting the prisoners to do work for him. Yeah, and he even managed to get a note to the Finians uh, that the rescue was happening, everything was going as planned, and to just post up and hold tight and that help was on the way. And so, yeah, you're right, Ben. He established this kind of relationship with the prison brass uh, under the false pretenses of hiring prison laborers to do some cheap work for him in, in whatever his investments and in his interest. I like it. Yeah, make him Southern. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, at home and abroad. Yeah, he's definitely Southern, no question about it. But part of that message also was, hey, we want to make sure that you're not locked up or we can't get to you when the rescue does, you know, pop off. So, be on your best behavior, don't get in trouble, and try not to get thrown into solitary. Because if you're there, we can't help you. We got one shot, guys. We got one shot. Everybody, be on your P's and Q's. This is like that poem just before Christmas. Uh, be as good as you can be. because it's, Also it's, like that poem by Eminem, Lose Yourself. Yes, very much like the from the great American poet Eminem. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. 
You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. They have to do this for a while because the Catalpa takes nine months to make it out to Bunbury. This captain, George Anthony, He's not having a great time on the trip. There's bad weather. The navigation equipment is all kinds of foobar. They stop in the Azores to restock, and then boom, six of the crew members ghost. <laughs> they totally desert. And so he's stuck at the Azores until he can find replacements for the crew. And then he also has to, you know, maintain this cover of being an actual whaling vessel. Problem is that the water he's traversing has been kind of fished out. It's been kind of depleted. They're not going to make much money back from this trip. And yeah, that's the very least of their worries, but they still want that scheme, that ruse to appear solid and credible. Anyway, Breslin meets up with Captain Anthony. They make a plan. They say, okay, these Finians before James Collins I do like him Southern, uh, but before <laughs> Collins, these Finians had been doing a bunch of different jobs, right? We mentioned quarrying. Uh, we also mentioned building roads, that kind of hard outdoor labor, uh, but they're not always doing the same thing. And so to make this work, Breslin would need all six of the Finians outside of the walls of what they, they did, by the way, call this the establishment at the time. And he knew that anybody who was stuck inside when they shot their shot would be left behind. There's no way around it. So another plot twist happens because heists are always about the unforeseen plot twist, right? These two Irish guys turn up. They're in Fremantle. And Breslin, being a suspicious sort, says, 
I think these guys might be spies. But then he learns that they had they had come on the scene because someone had written a letter to them asking for help. And so they agreed that on the day of the escape, these two dudes who just showed up, by the way, were going to cut the telegraph line from Fremantle to Perth. So they would they would remove the ability to communicate and request reinforcements. Fast forward, April 15th, 1876. Breslin gets a message to the Finians. He says, look, we got money. We got firearms. We got clothing. You guys make a run for the Catalpa, the ship. Tomorrow morning, let no man's heart fail him. Ugh. They're really good at these lines, dude. I'm kind of tearing up a little bit. They um, are. They, I have like these guys have. I would listen to them order a sandwich a honestly. million percent because you know they're going to say in super awesome, thick, <laughs> uh, sexy Irish accents. No oh, question. Oh, you're feeling it with us, aren't you, Max? I think we're all I have a bit of a crush on people with Irish accents. Just putting that out there. It's it's a lovely, lovely accent. Much prefer it to those guttural Scots. Just kidding. Love you too, <laughs> you, you guttural Scots. But it's a very similar setup, to, but arranged, right, uh, from what O'Reilly experienced when he escaped. But Anthony had ordered the ship that they had retained to wait uh, several miles out at sea beyond Australian borders, uh, outside of Australian waters, um, and that he would get a rowboat to wait 20 miles up the coast from the prison. Uh, Breslin was then um, meant to deliver the Finians to that location where they would get onto the rowboat and be rowed back to the ship. Yeah. Monday morning, the day arrives, April 16th. Those two new guys in the crew, uh, they did successfully sever the telegraph wire. Breslin does get horses, wagons, and guns to the rendezvous point. He waits or to a rendezvous point that's nearer to the prison. And he's just hoping against hope that these guys make it out. So let's meet our escaping inmates. Thomas Darug is out digging potatoes. Nobody's watching him. Where's he going to go? Thomas Hassett and Robert Cranston uh, managed to talk their way out of the walls, get some sunshine. Mm -hmm. Guy named Martin Hogan is painting a house for the superintendent. These two other guys... James Wilson and Michael Harrington, and that's the James Wilson you remember from earlier, I have mm -hmm. this voice mm -hmm. from the tomb guy. Uh, they said, look, we're supposed to do a job at the warden's house. So all these guys are outside. This is so weird. This is um, kind of petty, but this is an important part of the film we're building because Noel Breslin sees these six dudes heading toward them, and there's an interesting historical note. It could have been seven, there was a guy named James Jeffrey Roche who was supposed to be going with them, but he had been cut out of the deal. Right. For uh, some treacherous deeds where he basically tried to dime out his uh, cohorts in exchange for a lighter sentence. So he was a cooperator as well, but for the British. And this was definitely a no-no. So he was uh, ejected from the plan. Again, surprised they didn't uh, take more heavy-handed measures with a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so they're on the land. They're escaping. Dun, 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 and they've been gone less for an, less than an hour when some of the guards say, "Hey, what uh, what happened to those Irish guys?" Uh, but they they make it to the shore, and when they get to the shore, Anthony, Captain Anthony and his crew is waiting with the boat. But the Catalpa, again, like you said, Noel, is way out at sea. We're talking hours of rowing just to reach the actual ship. So they get 
about half a mile from the shore. And then Breslin sees police, mounted police, arriving, and they've got trackers with them. That's right. They weren't expecting to be chased. They thought this would be a nice leisurely row. I mean, I'm sure they would have done it at a brisk pace. Still, uh, you know, being pursued for your life, certainly uh, you're going to row for your life. So adding insult to injury, we now have a uh, Coast Guard vessel and a steamer that was commanded by the Royal Navy. Um, They'd all been deployed to catch the rowboat. So it became this like you know, medium speed chase on the water. I mean, man versus machine, right? They had a steamer. Those are pretty, those are, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's all about, steamships weren't like super, super fast. Um, and, you know, faster it, than rowboats. Faster than a rowboat, but they had the they had a head start, I suppose. So True. the men were just rowing for their actual lives while being pursued by authorities from the Coast Guard uh-huh. and the British who are armed with uh, carbine rifles. So Breslin, who we know is excellent at rallying the troops, pulls out a copy of uh, a letter that he had just mailed to the British governor of Western Australia. And in like total Breslin style, we're going to have to do a little reading here too. This is to certify that I have this day released from the clemency of Her Most Gracious Majesty Victoria, Queen of Great Britain, etc., etc., six Irishmen condemned to imprisonment for life by the enlightened and magnanimous government of Great Britain. Uh, oh, some real sargasm here. I love it. For having been guilty of the atrocious and unpardonable crimes known to the unenlightened portion of mankind as love of country and hatred of tyranny. Again. Oh, people are firing at them, by the way. But no question about yeah. it. You know, pew, pew, like bullets bouncing off the water, like cutting, you know, little uh, ripples through the water uh, right around them. This is uh, stuff of, uh, of, of cinema. Love of country and hatred of tyranny. For this act of Irish assurance, my birth and blood being my full and sufficient warrant, allow me to add that in taking my leave now, I've only to say a few cells I've emptied. I have the honor and pleasure to bid you good day, sir. From all future acquaintances, excuse me, I pray. In the service of my country, John J. Breslin. I thought he was an American millionaire, says somebody. Nope. Psych! The Finians love this. You know, they're being tossed in the ocean. They're rowing their, their keisters off. They they let out a cry, a rallying cry, and they keep going for the Catalpa. And now they're getting closer. They can see it in the distance. But that steamer, which, by the way, is named the Georgette, is on their high knees since we're mm-hmm. a family show. And the wind is rising. They know a storm's on the way. Darkness falls. Waves are crashing. It's The boat is overloaded, by the way. It's a, it's a rowboat. It's got a lot of people on it. And it was getting blown out to sea. Uh, Captain Anthony is literally standing tall. He's telling everybody, bail. Bail all the water you can. And even he, privately, we learn later, is thinking, I don't think we're going to make it. Uh, oh, oh, I don't oh. think so. So, so it does not look good. It does not look good. And just credit where credit is due. Always this account and this kind of sequence of events beautifully uh, dramatized in that Smithsonian article that we mentioned. And we're kind of following their lead on this one. But we then have uh, what, what you're talking about: the wind kind of rising. Ben, that's uh, that's that's some good foreshadowing. Ah, yeah. Here's what here's what happens. So they're rowing through the nights. They don't drown. And when morning comes, that steamer is kind of ignoring the rowboat. And they say, we're going straight for the Catalpa. Because we know where these guys are headed. They're not making it to freedom in this rowboat. Uh, so 
the captain of the steamer, the Georgette, goes to a guy named Sam Smith, who is running the Catalpa while Anthony's doing the rescue mission. And the captain of the steamer says, hey, can I come aboard? And the guy who's in charge of the Catalpa says, not by a damn sight. And the, <laughs> sass, <laughs> because, sass. because of this, the steamer is already low on fuel and they have to go return to shore to re-up. And that's when Captain Anthony and his Finian pals make a mad dash for the Catalpa and a cutter starts racing, a British cutter. They barely get to the Catalpa, like right before the British. And then the whaling ship takes off. Captain Anthony's back at the helm. He turns it away from Australia. And that's when their luck ran out. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, Noel. Have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, yeah, you know, nothing lasts forever. Um, they had a good run, aided by that magical, seemingly magical wind. And the Catalpa being, you know, a sailing ship uh, relying on the wind was no longer able to to move. It didn't have anything to fill its sails and push it forward. So by morning time, the Georgette, which is that steamer, 
that was loaded down with a cannon, by the way, pulled up right alongside the Catalpa. And the Finians truly believed their collective goose was cooked. The British began to board, and the Finians uh, prepared for their what they believed was going to be their last stand. And this is where Captain Anthony gets his time to shine. This is where he makes a speech, and he... We won't give you the whole thing, but he tells these newly rescued Finians, look, the choice is yours. You can die here or you can die back in that prison. We're outgunned, we're outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned, etc. And the crew, remember, they didn't understand the real mission when they set off originally, but they are going to stand with these Finians and they're grabbing everything they can to fight. And they're grabbing harpoons like they would use in their whaling missions. The Georgette fires a warning shot across the Catalpa's bow, and they say, heave to! And then Anthony says, what for? And they're like, <laughs> you have escaped prisoners aboard that ship. Um, is this what for? Like, I'll give you what for? Or is this what for? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like, why? Okay, it's a why situation, guys. So, um, so he says, prisoners, what does Anthony say? Anthony says, he retorts to this notion that they have escaped prisoners. Uh, you're mistaken. You, you have made a grievous error in judgment. There are no prisoners aboard this ship. They are all free men. Again, referring back to that letter. Because mm-hmm. in their minds, they, they were being held uh, unjustly for the, you know, egregious sin, uh, quote unquote, of love of country. Right, of resisting tyranny from their perspective. So the British say, all right, you got 15 minutes to pump your brakes or we're going to blow up your mast. And the Catalpa is also very close. You know, now it's becalmed and it, it doesn't have any wind to propel it. It's very close to floating back, drifting back into Australian waters. And so Anthony points to the stars and stripes on the ship. And he says, this ship is sailing under the American flag and she is on the high seas. If you fire on me, I warn you that you are firing on the American flag, which is quick thinking because they're in international waters, right? This is a British ship. It would be firing on a U.S. ship. And yep. he is he's saying like the late 19th century equivalent of you want smoke? Yeah, I mean, it would be an act of war, essentially, or, you know, create a serious international incident. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a problem. But just as he's making this incredible speech and, and, and pulling this really bold power move with the British, uh, the wind comes back and the sails are hoisted and they're able to hightail it out of there with the Georgette still, you know, following, but only for about an hour. And they'd clearly been shaken a little bit by what they were told. The idea that this is an American ship and any firing on it would be an act of aggression against the United States of America. So they didn't fire on the American ship because, again, they were in international waters. It was just the two sides' words against each other. You know, the the, cap, the commander of the ship said, nope, these are not escaped convicts. This is my crew and they are free men. So it was very, very tricky. It became a political situation here. And the British commander finally decided, you know what? Screw this. Let's head back. And uh, at this point, the Finians were, for all intents and purposes, actually freemen. Fade out on the peaceful seas. Uh, and a whale in. breach you see in the distance. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. There you go. And then we open, like fade in four months later. The Catalpa makes it to New York. Thousands of people are waiting to meet these six men. 
Thousands of people are cheering, and there's a Finian procession up Broadway. John DeVoy, John Breslin, and George Anthony are hailed as straight-up heroes. News of this prison break spreads across the planet. A lot of people find this to be like a, an heroic move. Uh, but not the British. Surprise. No. <laughs> they they say the U.S. government is associating with terrorists, or their their specific words were the U.S. government is fermenting terrorists. And he says like a, like a fine kimchi. <laughs> yes, and the uh, and the they say additionally they're like, look, that Captain Anthony and his crew, they might be laughing and blah blah blah. Everybody's having a bit of a go at us, I see, uh, but. They said, this is a little nerdy, even though it's a good point. They said, they're laughing at our scrupulous obedience to international law. That's what's happening <laughs> here, which is like... Nerds. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate to say it, but yes. So eventually, you know, they, they change this story a little bit later. Uh, and they say, actually, this is good for us. Because those guys were an expensive nuisance. Uh, and the United States can have any number of... Here we go. Disloyal, turbulent, plotting conspirators. They get, they're like, we don't want, you can have them. You didn't take them. We gave them to you. That's what happened. Kind of like a That's campfire. That's a real mad lib of insults right there. Oh, yeah. It really is. It really and truly turbulent. is. Turbulent. Yes. Uh, what is that? I'm sorry. Turbulent, disloyal, plotting conspiracies. Oh, to all their silly machinations, too. I love to add that as yes. the kicker. Um, but hitherto, fourth, I'm just going to keep. <laughs> With the silliness, uh, this group of men were referred to as the Fremantle Six. And they were definitely still carrying around what would today probably be considered PTSD from their time um, when they were incarcerated in Fremantle Prison. And even though they'd made their getaway, they were essentially, according to DeVoy in, in many of his writings, uh, broken men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been through uh, horrific things, you know. And DeVoy had known these guys as soldiers so he wasn't ready for the permanent changes the psychological and physical damage that had been racked upon them uh, over a decade's worth of time in the prison system but he did see more silver lining the men were free and the rescue was a shot in the arm for Irish morale across the globe. And it brought this new wave in the fight for Irish independence. And ultimately, you could say that the Fremantle Six and the Catalpa Rescue played a role in the independence of the country. Ireland became independent in 1922, and Devoy was alive long enough to see it. Oh, it makes me happy. It's about as happy an ending as you can get from a story like this. It's very, it, it really reminds me of like, you know, the Shawshank Redemption, you know, like mm -hmm. kind of like an Andy Dufresne kind of putting one over on the, on the baddies that, that tormented him the whole time and, and ending red. up with the upper hand. Yep, exactly. Red Mexico. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that was, that's a great story too. And there's, there, there are more details here, but we thought this was such a, a, a breathtaking heist. And it's got international conspiracy. It's got geopolitics. It's got some chase scenes. This is great. This is a film that Noel Max and I would make if it were not already a film. The Catalpa Rescue came out in 2007. So someone beat us to the punch just a little bit. Oh, who's in it, man? I've never heard of this film. Was it a, was it a small picture? Uh, let's see. It's directed by Lisa Sabini Harney, who also wrote it. 
I don't have too much information. I'm, I'm going to have to check it out and watch it, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the cast, and it's not anybody that I recognize. It may well have been finance uh, in, in Ireland. A lot of these uh, cast members seem to be of Irish descent, but you do have the full cast of characters along with the narrator. And, you know, they always talk about, you know, oh, your heroics will be honored in song. And that is absolutely not only in, in film, but in song. So let's hear a little bit of this, uh, this uh, Irish folk song of the Catalpa. A noble whale ship and commander was called the Catalpa, they say. She came out to Western Australia and took six poor Fenians away. All right. Max, you said it had some, uh, you said it had some vibes, right? I, I like its combination of like you know traditional Irish Irish music, but uh, it's got a lot of sea shanty in it too, which is really cool to me. I just love the cadence of these types of songs. Like you mm-hmm. can just see, see it right on the page. It's like a noble whale ship and commander Linda. called the Catalpa. They say it's like this format for these Irish folk songs. I've been watching a lot of The Wire, and you get a lot of those oh, when uh, yeah. the cops are doing their um, uh, funerals in the in the Irish bar where they all hang out. But man, what a tale. Oh, I can't wait to to watch the film. I hope it's good. I can't wait either. I think it's I think it's going to be wonderful and we hope that you enjoyed uh, this two-part episode. That's right. Our heist phase ended up being a, a four-episode thing. We'll return to heist again in the future. We would like to hear, as we said earlier, some of your favorite heist stories. Uh, we would like to know also uh, for Australians in the in the crowd, ridiculous historians living in Australia. Uh, do people talk about the Catalpa escape often? Is it something that everyone's aware of? You know, as we said, we haven't been to Australia yet. We very much would like to go in the future. It'd be cool to go do some live shows there or mm-hmm. just to visit. Let us know what you think. And while you're thinking about that, let's give some well-deserved thank yous. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Super Producer Max Williams, Woo! Alex Williams, who composed our theme, Researcher Extraordinaire Gabe Luzier, because it rhymes with Extraordinaire. <laughs> Jonathan Strickland, the one and only Quister. Uh, we miss you, bud. Uh, we'll we'll have you on the show as soon as we can we can get in his schedule. He is a very busy guy, you know. All the acts of super villainy, right? Just eat up the calendar. Christopher Hostiotis here in spirit. Eve's Jeffcoat out in the world on adventures. You, Ben, this voyage has been an honor to 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 to, to take with you, my friend. Oh, likewise. Back at you, Noel. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? we are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.